You are listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that looks at lesbian and queer women on big and small screens. This season, we are delving into the global phenomenon of Juliantina. I'm Sheena. My pronouns are she, her. Hi, everyone. Excited to be here. Monica McCowan. My pronouns are she, her as well. And I am a lesbic author and Juliantina superfan and aficionado, I guess, which is why I was invited to be on this podcast. But uh, extremely excited to, to get to relive one of my favorite fandoms that I've ever been a part of. When we left off last time, Jules and Val were reunited. Val had found Jules via Sergio intervening and bringing Jules dessert in the form of Valentina. And then they got to talking. Lupe came into the apartment and dropped the bomb that something was going on with Val's sister. And to take a step back, how do you feel about the fact that there was not a kiss here? Now, when you say here, you're talking about the scene where they embrace for the first time after reuniting reunite yeah i'm okay with the fact that there wasn't a kiss because they were not a couple in that scene if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck (laughs) and you're running around the city to find your lost love and i get it i don't ding the show for this but if we're talking about my heart of heart my hopes and dreams what i would have loved to have seen it would have been for them to kiss because the last time they kissed, they weren't together either. I mean, it's true. Yeah. I just, I would have obviously liked to have seen that. And I bring it up because it was a huge focus of conversation for the fandom because like lesbians are just the most particular bunch of people with what they want when they want it, which I think is fair in this. But yeah, I would have loved to have seen it because it's clear that they're like back on that track kind of are they though because for the first time Val has kind of worked through Lucho's death now and realized that she missed Jules and she was upset that she didn't know where Jules was so there was a lot of stuff going on with her so she obviously wants to reconnect with Jules I mean, the last time they were together, it was after Lucha's funeral, and she basically told Jules, I'm in a bad place, and this is not going to happen. Right. But in this scene, she also says, I say very stupid things. Don't listen to me. And she's right. And And that's after the kiss. But I, I love that they kind of talked about that, that it was very clear Juliana was said you wanted space like I didn't tell you I was going because you said you didn't want us really communicating right now and Val is very earnestly you know I say a lot of stupid things sometimes which is a very sweet moment between them but I mean I definitely think they're on the track absolutely the chemistry between them in the scene when they because we're on quite close with both of them and there's a lot of like eyes going from I'm learning. I mean, but that's exactly what they're doing. There, There's a lot of eye flirting going on. And while they're talking about all the serious stuff, especially from Val's point of view, she looks a lot lighter, a lot happier that she's experienced this thing through the medium. I wonder, because I haven't really watched like Gie or Ava's scenes, and we haven't seen Ava forever, she hasn't been around Val as all of this is going on. I'm so curious what their process with dealing with transmigration was because I feel like 
because Juliana's father and Valentina's father were both impacted by it. They're forced to have like all of these conversations about it. And they really, just my impression, because I haven't watched the other scenes, they're really doing the legwork beyond the main characters of the show, like the people that have actually swapped bodies to figure this whole thing out and have conversations about it. So in this later part of the show, a lot of their conversations revolve around this as a theme. I think you're right. I think they're the ones that sort of carried that plot as a plot, other than the people who'd actually experienced it. We know that Lucia has just had that conversation with Lupe and Jules about transmigration and how Jacobo is not actually Alcino. And coming up in today's episode, we're actually going to see him talking about who he actually is. Right. And the reaction of the others to that. But before we get there, now let's start here. Lupe's just said, your sister's on the news involving money laundering and Val's like Ava Val looks confused then she phones somebody and she's like she needs to leave to go look at what's happening with Ava and you can see she's relaxing she doesn't want to leave there's so much going on in this scene there is and the music is cueing us that this is their sweet relationship between Jules and Val here and Lupe actually hugs Val, and Val looks super uncomfortable, but it's a moment of just reaching out for her. Right. Well, I mean, do you want to pause it here? I have things to say. Yes. Yeah, okay, thank you. I'm going to have so many things to say. Well, because Lupe has done all of this soul searching, and her relationship with Juliana has grown significantly in her acceptance of who she is. But Val doesn't know any of that. So from the first time Lupe walks in when they're talking and she flinches when Lupe turns around very quickly to like when she goes to pull her in to a hug, you know, this is all new to her. The last time she knew, like they did have this positive moment where Lupe thanked her at the police station once they found out that Juliana was safe. But there hasn't really been anything beyond that. And... You know, Valentina has been dealing with the the guilt of Lucho and all of the things kind of with her family. So I can see how it would feel like very abrupt for it to happen. And the last time they were all together, I think, was when Lupe caught them kissing at Chibi's house and actually tried to physically harm Valentina. Or to physically pull them apart. So I think like the the response completely makes sense. And I love that the show when and we've talked about like the the beats the show takes and the effort they really put into little things. And I absolutely for as upsetting as it is to watch, I love that they took the time to do that because you don't just get over something like that. You don't just say like, oh great, so happy and forget it. Like she was operating on muscle memory and you know all of these experiences that kind of created her response to things so kudos to the show for that absolutely there's so many realistic things about the show that i think people would take for granted because there is this kind of very fantastical migration uh but not migration transmigration 
transmigration. But again, it's so rooted in reality. Like we talked about this last episode. It's just, it's crazy. Everything is normal. Just people switch bodies. Well, that's the thing, right? What is so interesting for me is very often in shows, what they'll do is they'll have emotional reactions to things that are like, oh, okay, well, we're okay now. So yes, let's both embrace. Whereas I felt like this was a much more realistic representation because if you had been in Val's shoes, she doesn't like confrontation to start off with. And Lupe's confrontation was violent. Uh Like it was hectic. So of course she's going to be concerned, even though Lupe did help her. So it was a much more realistic portrayal. And I really liked that about this show. Yeah. I mean, everything... Obviously, we both love this show because we're doing a how many episode podcast about it. As many as it takes is the number in case anybody was curious. But yeah, I just for again, just for as difficult as those moments are and you're like, God, just be a happy family already. I yeah, I just I think it's really important that they did that and showed that that sometimes things like that do take time to it's not even getting over it's working through it's finding a new way uh, to have a relationship with somebody who's hurt you in the past Um, so the show shows that it is possible but also it's not something that you just gloss over for the sake of narrative ease to to get to the next point and I think that's what makes this a show that really really sticks with you absolutely it's funny you know they did a study and do you know why it's so hard to emotionally get over something where some so somebody tweets you something negative, right? And you can get that day like 10 positive tweets, but that one negative one will sit with you. And it's because it taps into a part of our brain that goes into the fight or flight mode. So all the positive stuff does is just kind of glance off of our brains, but we obsess about that one negative thing. And so this for me felt like that. Yes, she's had some positive interactions, but they haven't wiped away that one bad thing yet. Right. Absolutely. Or the fear of lulling yourself into like a false sense of security, only for it to all fall down again. Also true. Okay, so this for me was one of the cutest moments in the show. Jules is actually walking Val out as Val's about to leave. And you can see Val's reluctant to leave. And they stop at the door. And there's the cutest, like, flirting going on now. And it's weird because they're not actually saying anything kind of flirty, really. But it is flirty, right? It's absolutely flirting. And the context of the conversation is... And it it kind of sounds like it comes out of left field, but not really... But Val mentions, you know, the elephant in the room, which is their relationship, uh, because they hadn't really talked about it. They'd been talking about things that are happening to them, but not the thing between them initially when Valentina came over. So she says before she leaves, see, you don't want to be with somebody like me. And Juliana just very quickly kind of jabs back, you know, it can be a competition. So yeah, the the technically it is flirting though. Like it is. They're flirting in their own language. Like who's worse for the other at this point? Um which is very very spot on for their relationship and the stuff that they have gone through. But it's 
it's very charged, I think is the the best way to describe it. And it's obvious that, yeah, they don't want to separate from one another at this juncture, but Valentina has to go deal with this situation. And I had been, it would have been like a whole mess, uh, but I had so hoped that Juliana would have gone with her just so they could stay together because they had spent so much time apart. Yep. Just wanted them to be running around together, it's even if they're not like- together. The last half of the show is us getting tiny little glimpses of them being together, including the happy ending right at the end is like also this very, very small glimpse. So from that perspective, I really agree with you. I wish that they had had more together scenes, but from a perspective of the storylines and so on, I can see why they didn't. So technically I can see it, but my heart wants it nonetheless. So now we cut to Val looking gorgeous as ever, walking around in her house, talking to Ava. So she looks disbelieving. She can't believe Ava did this. And Ava's still denying it. She's saying, you know, the press is wrong. And Val is saying, I feel like I've lived with a stranger all these years. And now the sisters are hugging. So Ava's been caught and she's still denying it. And then we cut away to like later and the three siblings are together. And Ava's yelling at them, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Basically, what's going to happen in this scene is Ava is blaming Mateo for, like, lying about her because of what she did to him. And the siblings don't believe her, like, at all. Well, and I think they would have been more likely to believe her until she said a bad word about Mateo. And then everybody's like, oh, now we know she's lying because Mateo would never do this. Like, we don't know that Ava would, but we know that Mateo wouldn't. So the minute you bring him into the conversation, you've just really shot yourself in the foot. And I love that. And it's interesting because Val is trying to be the peace keeper in amongst all of this saying you know dad taught us not to treat family like this and then there's just lots of yelling right and it's so important because they're having this family fight right they're having this fight between siblings and you could scale them down to eight or ten year olds and this is the conversation that siblings or the fight that siblings would have one another with one another yelling and talking over each other and disagreeing, but they're three adults and it becomes so apparent that they're still these little kids in some ways. And I think it's just a very good way to frame this whole conversation and the situation that's happening perfectly timed with Hakabo walking into the room, who is actually their father. Right. And Gie obviously knows this because he says to the other two that this is a family reunion um and then Hakabo walks in and Ava's like is the chauffeur part of the family reunion and Gia is like such a (laughs) 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 and then Gia is like yes actually he is he is part of the family and then he stands there looking kind of dad like it's his dad expression You know what? And I totally stand corrected because I can't remember if I said this out loud while we were recording, but I was kind of thinking of Gie as like not that helpful and like doing his own thing (laughs) and not really supporting like the transmigration plot. Like it really felt like Val was left to carry that. But Gie's doing the work. His father tells him and confides in him. So Gie has to bring that to the family. So I 
if I said that out loud, I I take it back. <laughs> I was wrong. I don't actually know if you. I just don't watch these scenes a lot because they're not together, and with you know what, like fifteen hours of footage of their storyline. If I'm gonna go back and watch the highlight reel, like it's not this. I think it's longer. I think it's like twenty hours, or this one that that's on Dropbox is longer even because they have these kinds of scenes, whereas the ones I watched didn't really have much of the other dynamics and family going on. Mostly just had Jules and Val. Okay, so then, you know, they drop the bomb. This is dad. He's in this new body. He's not a hitman. He's not the chauffeur. And now there's this, like, chaos reigns as Ava's completely disbelieving of this. Valentina looks very hopeful, on the other hand. She doesn't quite believe, but she wants to believe. But she's also had moments with Hakobo. That when she's thinking back to them, absolutely make her feel like her father made her feel. And I think that, you know, at first she was like, she wanted to have that person back in her life again. So she wanted to have those moments with somebody. But under the the context or the construct of this new conversation, you know, it makes, she's starting to think about how it makes sense. Ava, however is not on board. <laughs> now she's doing what she does best and she's just fighting with everybody about everything. Yeah. And I guess his name is Leon. He is being super chill. I'm guessing he's rehearsed this in his head several times because this is one of those things that, you know, how do you tell somebody this? Right. And he's had a uh, cameo, the, the therapist, right. like they've been talking about stuff throughout the show. They have their own friendship happening that he's been supported through trying to explain this to people. And they confronting the, the big question. Val says, you were killed right in front of us. We watched you die. And he's talking about how he died in the operation to try and save him. And he woke up in this other body. Okay, I just want to talk about this for a second. So you and I right now are looking at the scene where Hakobo explains what happened and whose body he is in. And Ava just so indignantly is like, you ended up in the body of a hitman. Keep in mind, Ava is running around breaking every law under the sun, sleeping with the head of our cartel, who is like, I think one of the big baddies in this show. And she is still just so indignant and so judgmental when she doesn't have a leg to stand on. And I, for as much as I hate it, I absolutely live for the hypocrisy of her character because I think we've all met people like that that do the thing and then judge you for doing the thing. And I think we won't get into a conversation about it, but... Uh, American politics right now and the the two sides of things, it's very confusing that people are against one thing but do one thing in their personal lives. And Ava, Ava is very, very close to my heart in like a bad way right now. She is just this manifestation of, of a lot of things happening, I think, in, in the world that I currently inhabit so as much as I hate this I'm like yep that that all seems very reasonable for somebody to do because I keep seeing it play out but I love how they've created such very strong very clear characters with 
Val being this hopeful, romantic, uh, she wants to believe. So she actually says to Gear at one point, do you believe that this is really true? You know, she, she wants to believe. She needs to believe. Her dad is back. Gia is obviously taking this on board in his own time, and so he's quite chill right now. And Ava is just this raging lunatic yelling at everyone. And I think Hakobo made such a good choice in who he kind of targeted because of Valentina's romanticism and and her wanting to believe people if she brought this to the family without Gia or Ava knowing, they would never believe her. And Ava, like, you you know, you could show her magic in front of her face and she would tell you it's an illusion, um, which could be true or not. But, you know, she's not the person to go to. So Gie is kind of the steady middle, practical but more open-minded. So I think it's perfect that he ends up being the person that brings this to the family because, because of his, like, central nature people are willing to listen to him for a little longer, even if he's saying something outlandish. I think you're absolutely right. And so Valentina says, oh, this is what happened with Jules's dad. Jacob is now, Leon says, it's called transmigration, Ava. And then Val jumps in and says, oh, that's what happened with Jules's dad. And then Ava's like, what do you mean? Explain yourself. And then Val continues. And explains her whole thing. So this is the the connection of all the various plot points finally coming together. Eva's like more and more tense. She's now got her arms crossed and she's shaking her head. And she's like, everyone around here is crazy. She's that insane. More than just crazy. It's such an interesting way that the scene is shot as well. Because you've got the siblings, the three of them standing huddled next to each other. And they physically, their bodies are touching one another. Like their shoulders are touching. It reminds you so much of like um, little like puppies huddling together or like baby birds huddling together when they need comfort and support. Yeah. And Ava's got her shoulder just a little bit in front of Guillaume's, like in a kind of a, a protective stance. Like she wants to protect them from this crazy man who's making these allegations. And then on the other side, you've got the father character who's shot by himself in a frame. It's him versus them in this conversation. It's such an interesting way of doing it. Uh, I also think, to be fair, though, Mean Girls did exactly the scene when they invite Katie to eat lunch with them. There's three of them on one side, like, interviewing her the way they're doing to the dad. So I think Mean Girls technically did it first. Well, no, I don't think Mean Girls did it first either. I think this is just (laughs) a a storytelling technique that's well used. (laughs) had to get Mean Girls in before this whole thing was over. But yeah, there's lots of back and forth at their faces. That's the whole point of this, just watching them try and grapple with this situation as it kind of unfolds in front of them and see, you know, each character has a different threshold of how much they're willing to buy into this story. And you can you can see it written really well over their faces. Absolutely. And Val looks at him and says, does this mean that you're my father? And she says it so hesitantly. And he nods at her. And everybody's starting to cry now. Just tears are welling up. 
in Gie's eyes and Val's feeling super emotional. You can see they're all going to start crying in a minute. Uh, and there goes Eva. And he's explaining why he decided not to keep it a secret and how he ended up working for the family as a chauffeur. Uh, and he says one of the things, uh, one of the reasons he kept it a secret instead of telling them straight away was he wanted to see who killed him and cover all the secrets in the house. Right. And I, the implication there is, you know, not only with who killed him, but what's going on with his kids. Indeed. Because he realized very quickly after he came back that he didn't really know them as well as he thought he did. And that they were struggling in ways that he hadn't really understood. <laughs> God, Ava's such a menace. Like, you need her. A show like this needs her. But anytime she gets a little bit cornered or overwhelmed, she shuts down or she gets pretty venomous. And lashes out at the person in the situation. So in this case, the conversation gets heated and he says to her, I came back here to help you. You got us into a terrible situation and I came back and I'm help. I'm going to help you kind of thing. And she's like, turns around, I don't need help from a chauffeur. <laughs> Says the woman being investigated for a myriad of crimes right now. Interestingly, so he says, do you guys want proof? And then he turns to Valentina and he says to her, Valentina, do you want proof? And then he starts talking about when her mother was dying and she was six. And I don't know, there was something about birthdays and clowns and and her reaction. And it's the kind of thing that you probably wouldn't just randomly know as some chauffeur that, you know, has been working for your family for the last year or however long he's worked there. Yeah, and, you know, he's telling them stories that only their dad could know, but it's also even this late in the game still moving the plot forward by reminding you of a lot of the things that have happened in the past that have gotten each of these characters to where they are now. Valentina constantly wanting and searching for affection her mom died when she was six of cancer. And it's very obvious from what her dad says that like he didn't know her very well, didn't have time to know her, got the got her the one thing for her birthday right after her mother died that she was absolutely terrified of. And then he turns to Gia and talks about a car and a girl and Acapulco. So Eva's reckoning that he's heard these stories from Camilo, who they know is his friend. And they're all crying now. They are literally tears running down their faces. And this is like, this scene is a flashback to Ava and Leon when he was still in his original body having a conversation. And I think this is the start of an attempt for Ava's redemption arc, because especially from where we are is only watching the scenes between Val and Juliana. We don't see a lot of Ava's backstory and we really do just see her as like a one dimensional jerk. Uh, who's really hard on Valentina for falling in love while being incredibly hypocritical and running around with a member of the cartel. So this really lends importantly to understanding Ava and maybe even sympathizing with her a little bit more, that her father basically told her that she had to take over the family business. And I think she wanted to be like an artist or something. She wanted to go to art school. She wants to study art history in Europe specifically. I think that they were looking for something that could be like the complete opposite of 
high-powered business person, an artist, historian, you know, that kind of like arty farty fluffy stuff. And getting out of Mexico, you know, I'm sure she gets to like experience the world, yeah. but it's probably for 24-hour trips to go to business meetings in high-rise buildings. She wanted to go to museums and yeah. And after he tells them all this, Val hugs him. Dad, you're back. And it's this really emotional moment. And if anybody was going to hug him, it would be Val. Baby of the family. Dad's back. Fulfills this massive like space in her heart. And then next thing you see, they're sitting on the couch. Like, this scene is so funny for me because it so reminds me of like a parent giving a stern talking to their kids. Where the three kids are sitting on the couch and the parents sitting on a chair in front of the couch or on the dining room table. I'm not dining room, um coffee table or something and they're all looking a little bit kind of yeah and I mean I think it's so intentional like that the whole way that this is staged is so intentional because the three of them are adults with their own story arcs running around having sex making horrible decisions like sex drugs and rock and roll but you know Leon comes back and they're just three little kids sitting there listening to him even if they don't want to yeah, they really, really do that well through the way they, they shoot this. And it's interesting because the lighting has changed quite significantly from the previous scene to this one. This one's a lot more somber, a lot more wood colors and oranges and reds in the background and stuff because this conversation is happening later in the day. So it's later lighting, but it's also a more somber conversation than the other one. So the other one was kind of a more light-hearted conversation. There was a lot more light in the room. And it was much more kind of like, I have returned. And even though this is an emotional conversation, it's a good conversation ultimately. This one, though, is a much harder conversation. But before we get into this conversation, we are going to stop for the day. Uh, Monica, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you. Next time, we see what's going on and what's Dad's first decree since he has returned. You're listening to Lesbians on Screen. I'm Sheena and I'm joined today by author Monica McKellen. Monica, can you tell listeners where they can find you online? Very socially active online. Uh, just depends on what channel. Uh, so Twitter is my jam if you want to communicate with me and have the best probability that I will communicate back. So it's at Monica McCallan and that's on Twitter. I do have a Facebook fan page and I have a website www.monicamccallan.com but for sure if you're looking to hang out and engage and chat about stuff Twitter is where you can find me. Thank you for listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that delves into the world of queer women on big and small screens. Join us next week as we continue discussing the global phenomenon that is Julian Tina. If you love this podcast, then rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and help other fans find us.